Blog Talk Radio. Contra Radio Network. Preparedness Radio. With your host, John Jeffers. Good evening, John Jeffers here at the Contra Radio Network. Welcome to another Wednesday edition. Let's get going here. You know, one of the things that we talked about, uh, before you get started, you know, I was just thinking about this. Um, last week's episode, good numbers. Uh, even got a couple responses on the YouTube channel. Surprise me. Uh, so if you did rate it, thank you. I appreciate it. If you didn't rate it, go back and rate every video five stars. Give it the highest rating you can. Go to iTunes, rate it high. TuneIn.com, rate it high. Podcast Peter, rate it high. Wherever you listen to it, Stitcher, wherever, give us top-notch marks. Really appreciate it. Um, some of you, as I maybe you didn't uh, catch it, but I wanted to touch base with you again before we start it. Um, we are going to be doing some uh, different things in terms of uh, how do I want to put this? Um, some changes are coming. Changes are coming. You probably won't notice them right off the bat, but they're coming. In the way that we're going to be doing some different platforms with the radio show, make it easier for you to catch the um, episodes so you don't have to always go into a web browser, that kind of thing. We've got some other things that will probably take place around after the first of the year. Got some uh, interesting other items that we're going to be doing, and I hope you like it. Um, we do this because we have to get our numbers up. Got to get our numbers up. Looking at a whole different merchandise line, all that stuff. Yes. Where we don't need to have minimums. I, I don't even want to discuss that one. But at the time, we thought that was the best deal. It didn't work out. Couldn't make the minimums. That's okay. Not everybody's into it. I get it. So, but like I said, changes are coming. Some good stuff. Uh, Tim is in the uh, video chat room. If you're listening to on Blog Talk Radio, that's great. If you want to catch the uh, live video feed, we're doing it right now, go to the CRN group page. You'll see the live video feed as we're doing the show right now. Uh, Tim is in. That's good. All right, let's get started here. Well, where, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Um, you know, sometimes there are times I don't even know what I'm going to be doing my uh, show on. However, you know, to keep in line with what I've been doing, and that is this. I'm not here to persuade you to be a prepper anymore. Pass that. If you don't get it, you don't get it. That's okay. Not my problem anymore. Not going to beg you, implore you ask you, show you, prove it to you. Not my problem anymore. It's on you. I've moved on. And when I say I moved on, I moved on to the point that let's talk about proper group operations, what to do, what not to do, how to do it, you know, that kind of thing. I don't want to sit here and have to sit there and try to show you why it's a good idea to be a prepper. 
If you're not, you're not. Good luck to you. You know, God be with you. So, in keeping with that, tonight I want to talk to you about fortifying suburbs and communities after the grid goes down. Um, James Walton wrote this in Urban Survival Site, and I want to touch base with it because I thought I brought some good points. Um, Oh, also, for those of you that either work on Sunday mornings and or maybe you're infirm, you can't get to church, guess what? I managed to uh, tackle a young graduate out of uh, theological school, very talented young man. Name is Aaron. He's going to start doing a show specifically geared for those that either you're working Sunday mornings or maybe you work the uh, midnight shift, on Saturday, you get off Sunday morning, and there's just no way you want to make it to church. I get it. Been there, done that. God understands it. He knows. He understands it. But what we're going to do is Aaron's going to come around, and he's going to, uh, he's going to start doing a nice uh, program here. I'm not sure when he's going to do it just yet. Just talk to him about it this afternoon. He's in. He's all in. He's excited about it. Said, young man. And let me tell you something. Just because he went to, he graduated from theological school, he was an angel. He's a street smart kid. Well, street smart man now. But he's reformed his ways, and I'm telling you something. He's very good. I really enjoy listening and talking with him, and I hope you will too. Uh, when that starts uh, soon, uh, we just haven't picked out a day. Got to get his. Uh, name for his program here on CRN and get up some theme music, get him some graphics. And then I'm going to turn them loose on you. So that's coming and it will be available also just like any other show here on CRN. If you miss it, you can do the uh, download the pod if you want the podcast. So yeah, that's stuff, you know, that's all coming. All right. Um, am I missing something here? Let me see. Am I missing something? Maybe. Sometimes I is, sometimes I is not. I see Chuck's here. Chuck wanted to co-host tonight. Hey, Chuck. Hello. Welcome, yeah, how you doing? Good, good. I, I thought you might have forgot about us. But, no, I just uh, got off the phone uh, handling another t- technical issue with my work laptop. So I just, luckily that was done right, just about right on time. And then I ran up here and joined the your show. Ah, very good. You get a gold star. Uh, Porky Wheel is in the video chat room. He says he wants to know when the new show Dawn was talking about. Good question. I don't know what you're talking about. She doesn't say anything about it, but that's that's all right. Tim, I'm glad you like it. Brian, I'm glad you like it because you know those guys work the night shift. Whether you are on, whether you're on the on the other side of the planet or not, sometimes you just don't want to go to church. I get it, but we're gonna be fixing that here. We're going to fix it here for you. Oh, by the way, for all you listeners, the new listeners from CRN there in Vietnam, welcome. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. You're part of the CRN. Just so uh, we're all on the same page here. After the United States, our most listeners come from the country of Vietnam. Really? Now, yes, that's true. <laughs> 11%. That's how high it is. Uh, just so you, you listeners in Vietnam, I want I, I want to say something to all of you out there. 
Yes, Vietnam is a communist country. However, the Vietnamese will run into the same problem uh, the communist Chinese ran into. That is capitalism. Vietnam is vibrant with the black market capitalist underground. So, you know, there is nothing that they can't do. They're smart people, and they are going to be listening to this show. Even though the government may not want them to, they're going to. So for you listeners in Vietnam, I say welcome, welcome. I'm going You're to welcome. need to uh, I'm going I'm going to need to give him some kudos as well too because I've been seeing lots of YouTube uh, DIY videos from from either Vietnam or, or or Thailand since they're right next to each other just about uh, yeah. using man, common man man made materials like two liter bottles to create yeah. traps for fish and snakes and 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 all that and I'm absolutely impressed with their ingenuity. And innovations when it comes to you know being able to be, to be self-sufficient. So I have nothing but respect for the Vietnamese. You know what? Tonight, you know, tonight is something interesting um, because we're going to be talking about fortifications of your community and whatnot. And I implore, I implore uh, those listeners in Vietnam, ask your grandfathers about how difficult it is to try to take by force fortified fighting position. It's very difficult, very difficult indeed, and that's why this show is about fortifying your suburbs and community. Um, so let's get started with it. Um, like I said, this is written by James Walton in uh, Urban Survival Site. Ezekiel 4.2, for those Christians out there that are listening, then lay siege to it, wreck siege words against it, build a ramp up to it, set up camps against it, and put battering rams around it. Walls were used to protect societies for a very long time. Mesopotamia was one of the earliest examples of fortified walls that protected the city. And it wasn't long before settlements arose that people realized they must protect themselves from others. And the best way to defend against invaders was a nice big wall to keep them out. As a fall of humanity's skills throughout the ages, the simple fortification of a civilization evolved into a much more complex and effective means. As well as having the fortification of the wall itself, there are other defenses included. Now, a smaller wall was often constructed around the larger, more fortified wall. The space between the two walls is often filled with other obstacles as well. So the path between the invading force, the precious people and resources within the walls grew larger and more complex. Ditches and moats were also used to slow down and forces. So, now we got a little idea of what we're talking about here. So materials for building walls. You know, in a modern collapse, the need for fortified neighborhoods will arise. This is not just something reserved for the zombies. Your community will be in grave danger if you are living through a grid-down scenario and hordes of desperate people are trying to survive. They will pump what you have, and then they will burn the rest to the ground to keep warm. So let's look at some materials that can be used to fortify your community soon after a collapse. Now, this wall will have to go up fast. So we are going to look at the quickest ways to make it happen. Forcing cutting stone from a quarry in an urban survival situation is just not realistic. It just isn't. What's the first thing we're talking about? Cars. Cars are heavy. They're also valuable. Now, I know this is a radical idea, but cars can be used to build a serious barrier between your community and any outsiders. Just parking them around any open roads leads 
your community is one method. Now look, we're not going to keep people out, but we'll keep cars and trucks out. Now you can also turn these cars on their side. This will make the effort, you know, this an effort, but it will make it much harder for any people in your, to get into your community. So if you're, you know, to couple this obstruction with a gunfire, you would be hard-pressed to find a group willing to take that on. Now, the wall car and its size, depending on, on the size, depending on size, you'll need about four to five really strong men. That takes trucking me right out of the situation. We're old and decrepit. But we're good, but, but we're good supervisors, though. So be sure that you push that car in neutral, have someone steer it to just the right location. Once you lift the car on its side, there's no moving. Even an attempt to flip it back on its tires could get you a broken axle. So line the cars up nose to end on their sides to create a formidable wall. It will slow the passing of people in your community. You can go one step further to make vehicle passing impossible. It will require lengths of serious cable. So begin by running the cable through your car wall from the back windshield through to the front. Fix the cables at the ends of every 10 or so cars. If someone attempts to drive through your wall of cars, they'll have to take 10 cars with them. That won't work for any kind of vehicle. Let's talk about felled trees. Let's say you live in an area that has lots of trees, lots of homes. Your community could best be protected by strategically cutting down trees. At a minimum, trees should be felled over all main routes in and out of the community. If you're in a situation where gas has run out and people are searching for scraps of meat to survive, this will be a must. Now, those felled trees also offer a great option for building nearly impenetrable walls and stacked logs. These will take time and tools to get through. So the very best method will include creating large notches in your wall. This is a method often used in building retaining walls. Now, another resource like felled trees that can be used is Telephone poles. We're not going to have to use them anyways outside the community, so if we have suffered something like an EMP, it may be your best interest to put those power poles we can use. How about earth bags? Earth bags are a great option for building. Ideally, they should be filled with sand, but even walls made of bagged dirt can create a huge obstacle for those involved. People are building entire homes from earth bags, and that's true. We talked about it on this channel. Now, by investing Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, there's another there's another project that was used uh, by the American forces during the occupation in Iraq and Afghanistan. Right. Uh, they're called Hesco bastions. They're basically a, a flat pieces of chicken wire with materials inside that can be unfolded right. into into a three dimensional cube, and then you filled up that cube cube mm-hmm. with with dirt or sand. And rocks and all that stuff, and line them side right. by side, and you can you even go two levels up, and it makes a very very strong barrier. Um, yeah. So and and dirt is free. The only thing that you're probably going to need is lots of elbow grease and manual labor, but uh, it's That's possible. Awesome. So by investing in the, in the minimal fee of the bags, you have the potential to build up walls that will stop gunfire. These bags and another type of bag could be stored. Now try approaching your civic association about flooding if you're in a flood tank plane. It may kick some money into a purchase as well. Now building with earth bags takes some planning, a lot of work, a lot of back work. And like Chuck said, you've got to smell the for it. There should be a community objective. However, you will find that legitimate sources can be built. 
Each bag is filled with dirt or sand and stacked on top of the other. They are layered and sturdy because of the weight of the sand. Now, this is this is good stuff, guys. The fortification inside the wall. Fortified walls are once abandoned, once civilization adopts forts and regular watches from towers. Weapons advancements also allow for the walls to come down in some areas. Now, Paris actually had a wall around it in the early 1900s, so they did not all go away quickly. In fact, some of those walls are still around. Um, if you're going to fortify your area, you must have a dedicated security patrol force that is willing to stay at their post. This lead time will make an enormous difference in readiness. The security force will be responsible for perimeter walls, daily structural inspection of the wall, and maybe even some short-range recon. Um, I would also recommend a serious armaments team that pays attention to weapons. A group to clean, count, and repair weapons will be crucial. I'll say it again. A group to clean, count, and repair weapons will be crucial. That means you need to find someone who's an armorer, weapons armorer, firearms, that knows about it. Put them in your group. Kiss his ass, whatever it takes for him to stay. If the world has reached such a point where walled warfare makes a return to life, life will be very hard. So you will be in an all-out war situation where every advantage must be taken. Now, here's something else you need to think about. Fortified relationships. There is no enemy more powerful than the enemy within. As Americans, we like the idea of fortification through steel and bullets. Fortification of community relationships is vital to a survival community. In fact, I would say most of our issues in the nation today stem from one-on-one dialogue with as many people as we can in our neighborhoods. You will be able to improve your fortification within if you are listening to others. There is no need to agree with everything someone says, like me. But don't. But to consider all thoughts, but make your walls and what's within them much stronger. Do you have something to add? Must be on tape delay again. Oh no, uh, I don't have anything to add. I think oh, okay, uh, I think you're pretty much on a roll. I just wanted to mention the, the Hesco barriers, uh, but, know, but for the most part, uh, you're pretty much on the money. There is there is another form of barrier that you can use though, but it's not really good against vehicles. Rather, it's good, but it's good against. Uh, uh, infantry that are not mounted in vehicles, and that's probably uh, cutting down trees and 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 basically uh, making sure, like pine trees, for example, making sure that those branches are sticking out towards the outside of of your uh, of your uh, compound or your holdout. Basically, the, those are those will be um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, painful for infantry to walk through so there would be like natural obstacles or uh right. you know deterrence if anything right you know anything you can do to make the approach difficult is out there oh hey brandon is in minnesota i think this is the closest he's ever been to illinois since he's been since we've been talking with him here on crn Mention Minnesota was on the receiving end of some pretty severe uh, blizzards last week, so I wonder how they're doing now. I was just going to ask for that. You do it, yeah. Uh, Tim puts in the uh, video chat room. Uh, he says low wire entanglements are great for enemy on foot. You know, one thing you have to remember: anything you put out there, whether it's a tree or you know ditches or whatever, 
Just remember, any infantry approaching can use those for cover and concealment. Something to be aware of. Low yeah, wire good, good luck trying to find cover and concealment with these low wire. Because you get all tangled, you know, tangled foot up in there, you're good to go. Sit there and just make their life miserable. That is true. Uh, shipping containers, possibly. My, my, my empty shipping containers. Yeah. Stacked too high, possibly. I don't know. I, I don't see why you couldn't. You know, just remember, you put felled trees out there. Trees make great cover and concealment, whether, no matter who's using them. You know, so there's something to think about. And like, uh, and like the article said, you got to have a group that's willing to clean, count, and repair any weapons that might need it. You know, we're talking about doing a short recon outside the wall. That's fine. What if they find a bunch of weapons out there? Yeah, I say bring them back with you, give them to the armor, and say, here, make these work. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Yeah, it does. You know, it's true. It's true. It's all true. All right. Just some ideas. Because you're going to have to fortify where you're at if you're going to be staying. And actually, even if you decide to bug out, you still, you know, the thing with this whole bug out location, I don't, bugging out, depending on the, the situation, would not be my first choice. But let's say you go to a bug out location you know, having it back off a road somewhere, somewhat concealed, isn't always going to be your best option because eventually somebody, you found it, somebody else is going to find it too or stumble across it one way or the other. You know, so you're going to have to do some fortifications there as well. You know, it all depends on where it is. Now, if you are stuck, say, in the city, fortifications become, well, you could do a lot with fortifications if you're stuck in the city. Buses. Buses make great fortifications. Vehicles. Oh, yeah. Trucks. Dumpsters. Yeah. I like the dumpster idea because that's all steel. That's okay. You know. I think I think it's also a good idea to still, I mean, I mean, to even build a fortification or to make barriers requires manpower. And the right. best way to get manpower is to basically have that available in your community. So that way it can be a community effort in order to, you know, for everyone's safety and security. So if, if you don't have such a community and you may, maybe you're by yourself or maybe it's just you and a few other people, then you're going to have to get really creative with your fortifications and maybe barriers will not be possible, in, in which case you'll have to think, up again, of a plan B and a plan C. But right. but to be honest with John, uh, if you're like only a couple people, I don't have a plan B or a plan C for creating a barricade. We don't. I don't. No. No, no, I get it. I get it. You know, and, here, and here's another tip from Porky Wheel. And Porky Wheel is absolutely correct. It says the area outside your outer perimeter should be cleared of all natural and man-made cover to give you clear arcs of fire. We call that a free fire zone. A fire zone. And as Tim says, there are tons of hiding spots in urban environments, so many buildings, so many rooms, etc. Ah, Miss Heather has joined us. Miss Heather is a former canine officer, so if you've got dog training questions, she's the person to direct them to. Uh, thank you, Heather. She said your daughter did a fine job shooting. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> 
I took I took my daughter out to the skiing range a couple days ago, a few days ago. Uh, she had um, got a hold of me the next day. My arms are sore. And he said, "That's what happens. You try to shoot a man weapon." I told her my forty caliber, my Sig forty caliber, the P two two nine, was a man weapon, and it's probably too heavy for it. Now she got a huffy and puffy. <laughs> and so, now she she says, "Well, I like the nine millimeter better." I said, "The nine millimeters, yes, that's what I told her. A man weapon. In fact, Heather, uh, she was actually." Um, using my old duty weapon. So she texted me the next day, my arms are sore. And I said, well, that's because you were trying to use a man weapon. She goes, I handled the man weapon. I said, yeah, but I said, but for how long can you actually, you know, hold it up? And then she, you know, types me back. She says, long enough to defend myself and kill someone. I thought, that's a good answer, honey. That's a damn good answer. Daddy is proud of you and your answer. How old is she? 21. She just turned 21. So, All right. She, oh, she, I, I've, I've taken her shooting before. You know, um, I had a couple of my co- former co-workers were at the range, uh, and they were showing, you know, they were shooting their weapons too. And I, I, and I stopped her from shooting. I said, I want you to watch these guys. I want you to see how... The more you practice, the more proficient you become in your targeting and your shooting techniques. Now, with her nine millimeter, the nine millimeter, she was all over it. But the forty cal, it was a little heavy for her. She didn't quite like the kick, so that's okay, you know. Miss Heather wants to know how long I can hold it up. I will give the same answer my daughter did: long enough to defend myself and kill someone. And that's all you have. That's as long as you have to hold it up. But she was, uh, yeah, she was sore. Her arms were sore. I said, you know, weenie arms. I thought you said you went to the gym to work out. She goes, I don't get there as much as I want to. And I said, well, go, do, go work out some more, you know. But uh, she, the only, the only issue that that she had was, she, for some reason, and maybe it's a uh, hereditary trait because I catch myself doing it too, and that is staging the trigger. It's like, you know, I have to catch myself from doing it. But then I caught her doing it, and I said, no, 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 I'm going to break you of that habit now. So basically, every time she took aim, I'd tell her, now, you know, and she'd pull the trigger. I said, I don't want you looking over the sights to see your target. I don't want you to look at the target. All I want you to do is line up that front sight post and let it fly. And then finally she started, you know, we started doing uh, body armor drills, two center mass and one to the head. She did well with it, and the faster she went, the more accurate she became. And she says, why is that? I said, because now you're learning to shoot from instinct. You're not trying to place it somewhere. You just know when you put, you put that front sight post down on the target, you're in the area, pull the trigger. You're not trying to sit there and make a, you know, a tendering kill. You don't need to. You just got to blow out the the center mass chest cavity. That's all you got to do. So she got better at it. So she wants to she wants to go again. I said, "Fine, let me get some more ammunition and we'll go again." And uh, this time I'll have uh, an AR-15 rifle for her and a shotgun for her to try. She wants to try those. I said, and why, "There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to." So in the meantime, no, Tim, I did not give her a 1911. That was, I mean, could she handle it? Probably, but you know, 
I, I haven't taken her shooting in over a year. Now she does, she's all hyper. She wants to go do it and all that stuff. So that's fine. We can go shooting some more. You know, I want to thank uh, Five Star Firearms in Zion, Illinois. Thank you guys for uh, the targets, the range time. You know, they gave me a big break on the range time. Actually, I should have paid a lot more. But being who I am, you know, Mr. Celebrity. <laughs> the, uh, no, they did really nice. They were very nice, and they did really well, and I thank, uh, thank them. I do thank them. Very nice range. If you have to be in Zion, Illinois, you want to go shooting, I recommend Five Star Firearms on Sheridan Road, just north of downtown Zion. Right on Sheridan Road there. Can't miss it. Just north of the Bowling Alley. All right. Now, where were we? That's right. People get me all going crazy here. Uh, Okay. This one is from uh, James Walton also. He wrote this one. And this is for operational prepper groups. You guys, I want you guys to pay attention to this. Uh, This is 11 actions you must take after an EMP attack. It's that important. It is that important, guys. Because the sooner you the MP attack, the better off you're going to be. Go ahead, Chuck. What do you want to say? Yeah, I got the first one. Open a bottle of beer. <laughs> or just, what, what? And make popcorn just, and just watch the world go to hell? No, no. Don't just open a bottle of beer and just basically relax. Cause he, but here's, here's the thing. Um EMPs, is, it's, and once it goes off, there's really not much you can do after in the seconds after it goes off. You know what I'm saying? That's right. something that you need to be prepared for proactively ahead of time. Right, so, right. And, and the methods to prepare, that's what you're going to cover. But, but, but if you're going to wait for it to actually happen, then say to yourself, darn, I got to put something in the lead box or something like that or whatever. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. But anyways, go right ahead, John. <laughs> I still like the beer comment, though. I think the beer is a good I, idea. I know. I know you do. You know, and I can actually see you sitting in the garage just, you know, watching your neighbors freak out and all that. And you're just like, yep, yep, I know what's happening there. Damn right. Imagine this, if you will, and I submit this for your approval. You're clearing the place from the dinner table. You hear your kids in the living room. It's a summer and it's hot. Thunderstorms were happening almost every evening as the earth struggled to deal with the cool, dry air, meeting hot, moist summer days. Suddenly, the lights flicker, the power surges, and then it all goes out. The kids start to chatter and let you know that the power has gone out as if you hadn't noticed. You look at your wife, and she shows signs of annoyance, as though you had something to do with it. From there, you realize that not only is your power out, your phone has shot off as well. That sounds pretty realistic. Well, I know. Your phone, her phone, and your kid's iPad. In fact, all electronics have been rendered inoperable. Your heart begins to race because you know exactly what this means. The world has just been thrust back 150 years. Once you realize and become certain that an EMP attack has occurred, you'll want to take action immediately. If you are fast and efficient, you will be able to ascertain the severity of the situation and make life-saving decisions based on that information. 
So here are the 11 steps to take immediately following an EMP strike. Number one, you got to check communication methods. Smartphones, Wi-Fi, and landlines should all be checked using multiple devices to assure that all signals and electronics are offline. Even if you find that a landline is operational, you will more than likely be calling to someone who is using a cell phone. Shortwave radio should also be checked if applicable. If you find that all these methods and the electronics within them have been fried, you'll know it's an EMP. Number two, check battery-powered devices. Now, during your diagnosis of this disaster, you may also want to check a few simpler battery-powered devices, things like small toys, handheld games, which may work to varying degrees or not at all. If you find that your full inventory of electronics is out of order, it is time to get concerned about the possibility of an EMP strike. Number three, collect local intelligence. After the first two steps, it's time to talk to people. You remember, the people live next door to you, right? They're the meaty creatures on two legs that look like you. Well, people live all around you. And while you may wince at the idea of talking to them, this type of local intelligence will tell you much more about what's going on in your area. Someone may have information that is critical to your next steps. So number four, remove your EMP-protected devices. Since you know we were talking about this, I'm going to assume that you have an emergency radio inside a Faraday cage right now. If not, you should be taking older, outdated electronics and storing them safely using some sort of grounding metal container. This is the first step for anyone concerned about an EMP. Now is the time to pull these items out. If you stored nothing else for an EMP emergency, at least store a small emergency radio. Number five, check your emergency radio. Because the best type of emergency radio is going to be something small and easily charged by the sun. The hand crank models are great, but that crank is going to run out on you. And depending on the quality of the radio, it could run out fast. Don't be a victim of shoddy equipment. Scan all channels on both radio dials. Look for any signal in any news about events around the nation. It could, it could turn out to be an isolated EMP impact, or you may find dead air on all stations. That is the worst-case scenario. The next steps will depend on where you live. Number six, if you live in a highly populated area, keep in mind that an EMP is going to cause absolute chaos and mayhem. It's time, to grab your bag, it's time to grab your bug out bag and get out of Dodge as quickly as possible. Ideally, you already have a bug out location prepared and you know exactly how to get there while avoiding, avoiding roads that are likely to be blocked. I'm not, look, I'm not in total agreement with number six. If, on the other hand, you live in a small town or rural area, your best bet might be to stay put. Either way, continue on with the following steps. Number seven. Explain what's happened to your family. After all the diagnosis is over and you're 99% sure you are dealing with an EMP attack, the time has come to brief the family. It will be one of the most serious discussions you have with your family, and depending on their level of preparedness and understanding, it could be a very difficult one. So take your time here. Explain exactly what has happened, 
how it's going to affect the way of life for your family has become accustomed to. Let them know about the dangers and above all, let them know you are prepared for this and give them some hope. Number eight, gather community to discuss. No matter how involved in your community you may or may not be, now is the time to bring them together. You are going to be the expert. When it comes to EMP, there, are many, there may be many people in your community who have never even ever heard of the term EMP. So gather your neighbors and bring your knowledge to them. In scenarios like this, all the info you can lay out will help. This is an appropriate time to also lay some very basic plans for community security and follow-up meetings. Maybe things don't get crazy, but they do. It's better that you have something in place. Number nine, you got to bolster in-home security. Now, when you depart for the community setting, it is time to prepare your home for the trouble to come. Whatever steps you can take to bolster your home should happen next. Take no breaks until you have a more secure home than you started with. Reinforce the doors. Get weapons loaded and placed safely around the home. Set a perimeter around the steps that will create some noise. Stay alert and be prepared to react. Number 10, create long-term goals. Now, once your current situation is as, as secure as possible, it's time to start looking at the future. Food, water, and resources are all things you need to be able to current situation and whether you need to you know, live in a world without retailers, shipping companies, and other producers. Consider the following on how you will turn your property into a sustainable homestead. This is where Rob comes in. Water catchment, egg-producing hens, meat rabbits, large vegetable and grain garden, medicinal herb guards, preservation tools. Uh, when it comes to the rabbits and you have kids, do not let them name the rabbits. They are not pets. That's food. Do not allow them to name the rabbits or the goats or the cows. Period. Number 11, continually assess the situation. Beyond setting up the basic steps to prepare for the fallout following an EMP, you move into situation analysis. So through your meetings with the community, the radio, and your own observations, you must continually assess the situation around you. Remember, just because an environment is safe now doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. So after a disaster, things change rapidly. They change often. They're very fluid. So keep evaluating. Know when it's time to stay, arm yourself, or get out of there. What do you think, sir? Mr. Chuck, what's your opinion? Uh, I think the Faraday cage is probably the most common method of protecting your uh, valuables. And, and, and there's lots of things that you can use to, as makeshift Faraday case. Uh, metal or steel uh, pet cages, for example. Um, as long as you have a rubber mat at the bottom of it, in the center, you can actually put your electronics in there, and it will be protected. Uh, any type of box that has chicken wire lined on the inside of it, same thing. Um, I, there, What's the matter? What's the well, matter? Uh, here's the thing. Some of the stuff I use all the time, man, you know? Yeah. Laptops especially. 
So the challenge is, well, how are you, you going to time putting that laptop in there? I think it makes more sense just to have a spare laptop, like an extra laptop, the one that you use every day and the one that you don't use, but you keep up to date. And just keep yeah. that in a Faraday cage, and you can still have one that you use on a daily basis, and that's probably going to be fried. You know, something yeah. like that. If you have that's spare CB radios and walkie-talkies any t- or, or, or smartphones, um, yeah, you can go ahead and put that in there as well. So um, probably the big thing, though, is the cars, your vehicles, the ones that are modern that have, you know, electronic fuel injection and some type of right. uh, compute, you know, computer that's being used as an ECU. Right. And, uh, right, right. That's something, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if that can, you can put, you can make your entire garage into a Faraday cage or can you just turn the damn thing off and take the battery out without being enough to protect it against an EMP? I wonder. And those are questions I'm looking for an expert to answer. Right. One of the things that we have to bear in mind, um, your your families, for the, and and and, I'm, and this is goes because there are some play, there are some families where the women are the preppers and the men just think they're nuts. What <laughs> we have to realize is this. What has to be realized is this. As you are the prepper, you are expected, especially when things go sideways like this, you're going to be expected to be the all-knowing guru. The provider, the head of household, yep. You're going to be the one that they're going to be looking to. If you are a person who doesn't work well under pressure, has a tendency to yell, if you cannot give them peace and confidence in your abilities, you will find yourself being questioned all the time. In a situation like that, let's face it, you cannot afford to be questioned at every little thing you say, every little thing you tell them. There are some things they're just got to take as gospel. You know? So there are, are different things that you're going to have to be. You have to be the prepper. You're going to also have to be the know-all guru, and you're going to have to be the leader. If you're not up to up on your EMP stuff, look, there's not much to it, folks. There just isn't, and it's easy to read. There's plenty of material out there to read up on it. I think um, if you're a prepper and you're just starting out, you need to get a Faraday cage. And when we say Faraday cage, I'm saying I'm thinking of you know something that's generic. It doesn't have to say Faraday cage on it, but something generic that will work. And then you store your radios and whatever. I would store batteries in there. I would store radios in there. I would store oh any battery operated equipment. Take the batteries out, then put it in the Faraday cage. I if you could uh, unscrew the antenna from radios. Do it. Take them off. Tape them to the radio. That way you'll have it. Rubber band them to the radio. I don't care. Communication is going to be essential. Essential. Because if you don't know what's going on outside your immediate, I want to say block where you live, you're going to be doing yourself a disservice. And I'm not so sure, you know, and and, and I'm not so sure that, you know, Showing your hand at the beginning to the community 
leaders is such a good idea. Because the thing of it is this. If they find somebody that's more knowledgeable than them, then they'll try to draft you to do stuff for the community, and you can't afford to do that. What I would say is when the community gathers to discuss the situation, by all means, go into gray man mode, listen in, comments, and your counsel to yourself before saying, opening a word. Before you even say a word, before you open your mouth, think about what can possibly, you know, result from this. Okay, what's there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tim and Porky are in discussions about 1911s. Rob has checked in. Shane says he has two lead line cabinets out of an x-ray room. You know, Shane, I like that idea. That, that's a real good idea. Uh, Rob says he has a garbage can lined with cardboard and foil tape. It works for me. Well, there, there's that, that, that's that's something. Go to the antique stores and to the flea shops. You might, you might come across some industrial uh, medical cabinets, the the older ones, like from the 60s and the 50s, and those are often metallic. Um, that might be an option to uh, consider. A lot of the a lot of the old stuff that are in that are in flea markets and. And antique stores, and the antique stores are kind of pricey. But even people's backyards, like barn finds, uh, they probably will have some pretty crucial uh, function if you're innovative enough to get those raw materials and have them in your possession. Wire hangers, uh, heavy heavy gauge wire hangers. You can bend it into anything that you want to. Hell, you can make your own makeshift Faraday cage or baskets out of them if you want to as well. But personally, I like the. Uh, the uh, the 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 you know already assembled approach and for me those are metal pet cages or uh, or or you know those humane metal metal traps that are in, in the cage form where the where the door traps shut behind them when the when the game is inside it you can use that as well uh, anything uh, an old bicycle basket for Pete's sake or a shopping cart will even uh, will even uh, fulfill that function you just have to know how to uh, set it up. The milk box. Back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, people had their milk delivered, dropped off in the porch. That was usually a uh, metal container. Open up, they the milk and cheese or whatever you ordered from the dairy farm. Lid down. You will find those. They're all over the store, and they're really cheap. But it will serve as a Faraday cage. Pretty decent metal. Black mm-hmm. like it is today. So, like you said, check the antique stores. That's a great idea, Chuck. You get a gold star for that one. Yeah, thank you. Star. Gold star, sir. Probably the best thing to check is, is 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 you see the antique stores. You know how it is. I like to buy low and sell high. Um, storage. Go to storage auctions. Go to estate sales. Um, mm-hmm. They might have some good things as well. So flea markets probably the next best thing, like Goodwills, uh, or um, mm. another thing is uh, pawn shops. Oh, they have a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. for cheap, and, and including power tools and stuff like that. If you know where the pawn shops are, uh, just take a tour inside of them and, and, and make a note of some of the stuff that they have. I'm pretty sure that that they'll be really helpful uh, yeah. in. Uh, certain situations. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
All right. We knocked out two subjects right off the bat here tonight. Oh, I want to thank uh, Pat. Thank you for so much for your generous donation. Uh, in case you didn't catch it, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Charles in Nebraska, thank you for your generous donation as well. If you'd like to, uh, oh, and Rob, thank you for your donation. Thank you. If you want to join those gentlemen, make a donation, please do. The uh, Patreon.com, asking for, okay, $2 a month. That's what I'm asking for a donation. Two bucks, guys. Come on. Two dollars. Two dollars. You know? Uh, so please. Two dollars. Come, my friend. Come. I have a special deal just for you. Uh, two dollars for you. Yes, there we go. Hey, I can say $2. that. I'm part Asian. No, oh, jeez. Well, it's true. You are. I mean, you know. Makes me laugh. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, buddy. I'm glad you uh, got in on the show tonight. Thanks for giving me a hand. I appreciate it. I always enjoy having uh, Thanks for having me. Is this going to be a regular thing as far as that uh, that link is concerned? You want it to be a regular thing? You want to be a regular thing? Yeah, so make it a regular thing, please. Okay, so be it. So it'll be Thank a regular you. thing. And either until you're dead, you're fired, or I find somebody better. Roger that. So guess what? I haven't found anybody better, so you're it. Oh, <laughs> go team! With service brings citizenship. Yeah, where did that come from? All right. Oh, uh, where, where did that come? Service, citizenship. Um. Oh damn! Um, that movie. Um. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Earth battling the bugs. Ah, damn, right, Star right, Trooper. You're good. Ah, you get there you go. Ding, 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 ding. Listen to you. Listen to you. That actually, I actually think for citizenship. They, they, that's how they do it in, in, in South Korea. That's how they do it in Israel. Why not? I, I just don't get it. Uh, oh, well. Oh, oh, yeah. Netherlands as well or Switzerland, one of those two countries. Um, Shane and the video feed on the Contra Radio Network group page. Everybody check your generators. You're heading into winter. That is words of wisdom from Shane. Thank you, Shane. Very good stuff. If you got a generator, check it. Because you never know when you're going to need it. And the time you need it, you don't want to sit there and go, uh, it's not working, honey. Yeah, some prepper you are. You didn't even prepare for that. Sad. Just sad. So check it. Pork your wheel. Thank you for listening, buddy. He's got to get some sleep. It's like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, his time. He's got to get up and go to work. So don't tell me how tired you are about listening to an hour show. Yes, it is. Thank you, Porky Will. You're a good man. Actually, all of you men and women who choose to listen in tonight, you're all very good people, and I'm proud to have you as my listeners. You humble me with your participation in the show. So, yes. Absolutely, yes. All right. Now, just so you know, update. 
uh, Rob has agreed, kind of, to do his homesteading show. There's no rush. He's got to get some equipment so he sounds good on the radio. I don't want him to sound crappy. I want him to do a good job. So with that said, you know, know, uh, Rob's show on homesteading is still a go as far as I'm concerned. This is going to take some time. It might be after the first of the year because, look, we've got the silly holidays coming up where we have to buy gifts for everybody. Why do we have to buy gifts for adults? I don't know. I don't do it. I just don't. If you're an adult, your time for Christmas is past. Christmas is for the kids. So, but that's me. That's what I think. Uh, Porky Will says it's 3 a.m. his time. So, All right. What we're going to do next week, I don't know. But know this. Things are changing here at CRN. Um, I've been trying to get a hold of Chuck all week on Facebook Messenger. Um, i got to go over some things with him. I, I think he's going to like it, but I want to check it out with him. All right. With that said, um, I thank you all for listening tonight. We're just about out of time, unfortunately. And, you know, oh, and, all right. Uh, before I go, I want all of you to take a deep breath. Who cares about the governor elections in New Jersey and Virginia? Those are very deep blue states. So the Democrats won the governor's office in very deep blue states. Big deal. If they didn't win them, I'd been surprised. So don't get all freaked out. They should have won those. Uh, Hillary should have won those states, but she didn't. Those are very deep blue states. You know, you you can make the argument that Virginia's probably purple, but more blue than purple, especially in the northern part of the state. New Jersey is just hopeless. So I'm not even, you know, don't sweat it, people. Don't let them sit there and get all flustered about the mainstream media gushing and screaming that Trump was on the ballot, Trump was on the ballot. No, he wasn't. As a matter of fact, both candidates that were running on the Republican ticket in those states distanced themselves from President Trump, which makes them either A, rhinos, or B, part of the GOP elite establishment, in which case, you know what? Wishy-washy doesn't work for conservative voters. Either you are or you are not. It's like being pregnant. Either you are or you are not. There is no middle of the road. If you're a middle-of-the-road conservative, why don't you just vote Democrat? All right? So don't freak out, guys. It's all right. Who cares? All right? It's not a big deal. It doesn't change anything. All right. All right. We've got a few minutes left. Mr. Chuck, would you care to opine and give us the closing tonight? Prepare today, survive tomorrow. That's our Enough motto. Said. Oh, yeah. Dude, you got it. I'm stealing that just so you know. That's fine. I love it. I absolutely love it. Prepare today, survive tomorrow. You got that? That's a great motto. I couldn't have thought a better one. Hmm. That's an excellent motto. You get another You're welcome. gold star. You're welcome to it. That's three gold stars you got tonight. Outstanding works are outstanding. Outstanding. I can't believe how outstanding it is. Excellent work. Excellent work, sir.
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for checking us out, staying with us. I'm John Jeffers here at the Contra Rio Network with my co-host Chuck Cook. We both say to our prepper and patriot friends, stay alert, stay safe, and stay vigilant. I'm John Jeffers again. Don't forget Contra Dawn's show on Friday nights right here on Contra Radio Network. Thank you again for joining us. I do appreciate it. Chuck, I will see you on Facebook Messenger in about two minutes, if you could, sir. Um, Roger that. Thank you, sir. The rest of you, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for sharing part of your Wednesday evening with us. I appreciate it. I hope you got a lot out of it. And feel free to like and highly rate these podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. I appreciate it. I'm John Jeffers for the Contrario Network saying good night and alert.